Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? What's the worst day of the week that gets us all depressed? M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Here comes more aggravation and a brand new week of stress. another Monday, and uh, you're here. And I can actually say, unlike other shows that I have, this is the second fucking episode of Monday Sucks. So I will try <laughs> to remember the episode. Sorry about last week. We were having issues uh, with uh, blog talk uh, as far as uh, recordings were getting uh, not erased, but forgotten in purgatory. So we had to straighten that whole entire thing up. That's why we didn't have a second episode right away. This is our second episode. Nick is joining with me. Nick Smith, how are you doing today, sir? Pretty good, man. Yeah, uh, you got you got a lot to live up to. I'm up to uh, 131 counted episodes of Full Court Press. So <laughs> I've got the marker. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you're able to remember that. I should start lying on the wrestling show since we started around the same time. You should be like, we're at 141. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. But this, <laughs> yeah, there you go. this show, we might as well keep up how many shitty Mondays that we get through uh, for the show. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the whole point of this show. If you're a new listener, uh, Monday Suck is a show where we go over different stuff that happened the last week, talk about our weekend, and kind of just have a nice little conversational style uh, show and uh, try to give you guys a better perspective of Mondays and something to look forward to with this show. So uh, if I don't do that for you, um, I guess apologies up front. I don't know really what to tell you. Uh, I just do what I can, and I sit here and create countless amounts of entertainment uh, for everyone, including old people to, to, uh, to you know, other old people, whatever. Uh, including me. <laughs> including you. Who You're not an old person technically, but it, it works either way, you know. To have you on the like show, it. Nick, it's just, it's, it's just amazing. If you're an old person, I'm older than you, so that doesn't say much about me. That's the only reason oh, I'm yeah, not, I forgot uh, about that. With you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how was your weekend, man? What'd you do? Uh, it was pretty good, man. Um, nice little jam session on uh, Friday and Sunday. So double jam sessions uh, this weekend, gearing up nice. for my show uh, coming up in about two months. Actually, it's interesting. Um, so my first show that I will be doing 
uh, in like two years ish, maybe something like that. Um, shit, it might even be more. It might be like three. Um, but it, it it's coming the weekend after uh, the Roy Crofters reunion show. Um, so uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, should be fun. I'm look, definitely looking forward to go going and uh, checking those guys out at uh, at the Gwinnett Braves. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then we'll be playing the Friday uh, that following weekend. Uh, so yeah, so some some good shows coming up. But yeah, man, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, been working on trying to find a a, a new place uh, to hang my hat closer to work, and found some promising leads uh, there. So that's good too. So yeah, all in all, man, pretty pretty good weekend. Nice, nice. I had uh, a relaxing weekend. Um, Friday night, I actually hung out with my guitarist uh, Boris Brokanovic. He's Croatian. As oh hell, yeah, you Boris. Tell by his fucking name. Um, and uh, we went. It, him and his uh, beautiful soon-to-be wife uh, Andrea and their child uh, went over to my sister's house because they're moving into their neighborhood. So I was the liaison between uh, my sister and her fiance Scott. Uh, and then Boris and Andrea, because uh, Scott grew up with Andrea, and Boris knows Jenna through me. But I had to be there to make sure all the partying and fun stuff was, uh, you know, I was the regulator, uh, like in that one rap song um, nice. from Warren G. Yeah, I don't really know what the hell that means, actually. But either way, uh, it was fun, and me and Boris talked about music. Um, I I, uh, I wish I was uh, – you know, I wish I was doing what you guys are doing a little bit. Um, I've gotten that itch lately to play some music live. I was uh, not down for a very, very long time, um, just dealing with divas uh, within bands in the past. Uh, but now oh, it's like, yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, that 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 whole thing. Uh, maybe I'm a diva myself. I don't know. I'm sure I'm a little bit pretentious <laughs> and uh, egotistical when it comes to music because. I think I know what I'm talking about a lot of times, but this motherfucker I'm talking about in general tried to put me to a metronome uh, while I was playing drums uh, at a practice, so he can kiss my yeah, ass. Yeah, I don't do that. Anyway, yeah, that, 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 that's asking for war with a drummer, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's basically like get yourself, get yourself a tight bassist and let's rock, dude. Like, come on. Like, if a bassist and a drummer can't groove together, then like – the, you're not oh, you're not a good fit, but like you should never be trying to introduce a metronome into that mix. Like, give me a good bassist. I I'll play drums with the bass, um, and we'll groove together and we'll work it out. But like, yeah, don't be don't be shoving any metronome in my face. Oh yeah, no, and honestly, the bassist was uh, Tom actually, uh, and it wasn't his fault. It just these guys like like to speed up every song, and they just thought that was the way to do it. Um, so it was fine. And it's not my fat ass couldn't, you know, drum it. It's just like I was trying to – you know what? That This is the thing. This is, I actually don't want to play live because music drives me fucking crazy. It's because of situations <laughs> like this where I remember – I'm just kidding. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing the Roy Crofters, and I am looking forward to seeing your return. Uh, me and Boris are talking about writing right now. I'd like to get some recordings nice. done. If you would fucking listen to me, that would be amazing, but – you know, we're working on some stuff, and I'm looking forward to it in the future. But music is music, man, and uh, it seems like somewhat it, uh, you know, was a part of both of our weekends. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's never a dull moment when it comes to music. Um, and it's it's fun just, like, building out a set again. You know, like, that's 
I probably arguably have more fun like building out a set than I actually do performing it. <laughs> like just like yeah. coming up with all these little creative ideas and then, you know, like formula interludes like, uh, and stuff like that. Even. Yeah. Interludes and, and cool little ways to like, um, like to, you know, breakdowns and to go straight in from one song to the next song from time to time. And, you know, how to work out a set, especially when you got three hours to play, you know, you got to, you got to have three sets, so you got to you got to time everything kind of right. And you know, I'm trying to stack the covers more more so on the earlier stuff to like draw them in, and then you know get to get to play a little bit more originals throughout the second two parts of the set. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a craft, um, but I, I I thoroughly enjoy it, and um, it's just fun. Like I for, I totally forgot um, my bass player Warren Spence. Uh, she sings a mean fucking version of um, Last Kiss, um, the uh, the cover that Pearl Jam does. Um, I forget who originally did it, um, but uh, she sings such an awesome version of that, and I completely forgot about it. So that came up this weekend, and I was like, hell yeah, we're definitely putting that on the set. So we like worked out like five or six songs that she's going to sing, so uh, always excited about that. She's got an awesome voice. Well, the, the funny thing is, uh, well, not really the funny thing, but like I'm such a baby, I guess, with the like that last band I was in a couple of years ago, just completely, even just playing by myself in the drums, like you know, listening to songs. I wasn't really, ha- I, I wasn't having it. it. It took Boris actually to move back here because I've always had like a relationship, uh, music-wise. Uh, you know, every, I think every musician doesn't matter if it's like me with a, a guitarist, a drummer, guitarist, or a guitarist with a bassist. Sometimes you just have this ridiculous chemistry when you play together that you just sync up and you know mm-hmm. where each other's going and it took him yep. actually to get me off my ass and now I've, I've really been enjoying trying to um kind of i don't know like uh challenge myself a bit uh the other day actually i went and saw coed in cambria live a couple weeks ago uh i think i might have talked to some of the last show i don't know guys uh you did one, one of the things I, li- <laughs> I i did okay it's how i played in keeping secrets all in in, in, in its entirety yeah. Uh, I was impressed. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun, and I'm not going to say I did it exactly like him, but yeah. Now that you mentioned that, um, well, one of the things that I like to do uh, before playing the drums is the same reason why my memory is bad. So uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, Jesus Christ! Speaking about that, man, have you, I think you saw on Facebook um, about the uh, gentleman uh, that has four years in prison, uh, cancer patient. Uh, that uh, yeah, yeah he, he's now got four years in prison uh, for having I think originally I think it's it's, it's having five thousand grams of THC chocolates uh, to help him out with his uh, mm-hmm. condition. Uh, yeah. I, I you know I now that I have a lot more of the information, um, it seems like there is more to this story, uh, which I would definitely think that anyone, if you want to find out about uh, information itself, to to actually look at everything. It's still a really shitty thing. Uh, but basically back in uh, February of 2014, um, at his home, uh, the North Central Narcotics Task Force found 19,000 grams of chocolate infused with THC. Uh, and then also in his bedroom found cocaine, uh, more than 100 additional grams of marijuana, a digital scale, more than $2,000 in cash, uh, cash, ledgers, materials used for drug packaging and numerous postal receipts for packages he mailed to other locations across the U.S. and Canada. 
And obviously Fucking his lawyer ballers, was trying to son. Jesus Christ. His lawyer was trying to say that uh, his client was not selling drugs and that he was selling sneakers, vintage clothing, vintage sto- toys, and sporting goods. So the main thing is like when you read this, <laughs> um, when it first comes up, you get pissed off because you think that someone got four years in prison for a recent thing with cancer, a recent fight with cancer. You know, Obviously, it's legal in certain areas where he's from. It's not, but he's been illegally obtaining this to help with his cancer. Well, apparently this happened back in 2014. And uh, originally it was going to be 12 years mandatory for uh, for the sentence. It was reduced to four. Sure. And now uh, off good behavior, it's two. But I'm sure that you saw the same exact thing. Uh, what did you think about this whole entire story, and did you know any of the details? I did not. Yeah, I, I was kind of prepared to go, like, uh, gung-ho on this one. But, like, um, that dude's obviously selling some drugs. Um, but, you know, like – I don't know. I'm I'm very much of the opinion. Uh, I am an advocate for legalizing all drugs, um, or at least decriminalizing all drugs, um, and making them less taboo. Namely, because uh, it's been proven time and time again in various countries throughout the world. Um, you know, I would say, I guess, civilized uh, countries, if you will, uh, throughout Europe. That when they do that, uh, the addiction rate goes down, um, the usage rate ends up going down. Um, you know, because you don't throw people into prison where you know they essentially um, are thrown into a system where you know the rehabilitation um, cycle is so fucked that they are inevitably going to fall back into what they're doing. You get them treatment, you get them help, um, and. So I'm a big advocate for that. Uh, So, you know, with that in mind, I still think it's kind of bullshit. I don't think that uh, it's as much bullshit given, you know, all this new shit, you know, new shit has come to light. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I I feel like a four-year sentence, two years good behavior. I'm sure that has a lot to do with the fact that the guy has cancer. Um, but yeah, I mean that dude was definitely selling selling shit. Like there's no way he had all that shit and he wasn't selling it. Now that doesn't mean he wasn't self medicating with it. Um, but yeah, I mean he was he was definitely selling it. And and see at the very least, even if it was legal or decriminalized, it could still arrest you for selling it for essentially tax evasion. Um, now they would it would be a little more difficult because they would have to prove the amount of income. But you said they had a ledger. Um, and two thousand dollars in cash or whatever it was. Um, I mean, that would more than likely be enough to prove that. Um, and you can get two years easy for tax evasion. Uh, just look at Wesley Snipes. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm just I love the opinion. Like fucking, at like I said, at the very least, you criminalize it all. Um, and you know, like let's try to take a page out of most European countries and and maybe learn a little bit from them Um, and maybe like prioritize helping uh, drug addicts instead of like throwing them in jail. Um, I think that's probably a a better thing to do in a civilized society. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'm definitely uh, of the, um, I guess you could say libertarian mindset when it comes to drugs being illegal. That just, Gives a chance for you know criminal practice when it comes to selling those said drugs. If you 
eliminate, uh, you know, being <laughs> getting jailed, uh, or, or, or if you eliminate basically it being uh, illegal, uh, you you cut away the people, the the uh, the the black market itself that's that's supplying Absolutely. those. Um, and even we, you can look at that with marijuana, as far as uh, you know, areas like Colorado and stuff like that, how much their crime has dissipated and their economy yep. has 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 you know increased. Uh, the problem with this situation is kind of like, well, this is still, even though I would like that and you would like that, these are the laws we have in place. And when it comes down to it, there's one of those situations where I'm not going to say it's clickbait, but it's kind of clickbaity uh, because he obviously baby. knew yeah. a little bit. He obviously knew um, you know, what he was getting himself into, and there is a lot of evidence against him. Now, obviously, it sucks that he has cancer. I think that Oh, man, I think if they said in this article that it started off as testicular cancer and moved um, to his lungs and then his kidneys, um, and he's and he's after underdone, undergone several surgeries. There's also a good chance that if he is selling, he's trying to make money to be able to pay for said procedures, depending on his <laughs> yeah, uh, you know his healthcare plan. So yeah. I I don't know that I, I'm I'm going to give the guy. You know, a little bit of a pat on the back due to a situation, but any other person due to the due to the laws that we have in place, I mean, this is this is what happened to him. You know, the fact that he has cancer, I don't know. Obviously, from what from what the judge says, he said, I think that he said, um, uh, I'm trying to find the quote itself. Your health is very important, and that's the reason why he gave him four years. Originally, you could go uh, to jail for this from 12 to 60. Uh, Twelve was supposed to be yeah. the minimal. He gave him four years, two years if good behavior, like we said. So right. knowing all this, unfortunately, you know, I just have to kind of deem it as the unfortunate situation. Uh, but this is why that even though I hope hope he gets out, you know, it, since we do have the laws in place like this, this would happen in any other type of situation. And I hope the best for him. Yeah. Maybe he got the best situation itself, but go ahead and read stuff, especially if it makes you uh, like extremely agitated, and try to find possibly the whole story before you make a judgment. Sure. I know that I do it. Well, I'm sure that Nick does it too. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. a human nature, but it's very important to figure out the details. What were you going to say, Nick? Yeah, I, well, two things. One, uh, it, it kind of somewhat mirrors like what you were saying, kind of mirrors that um, – the, the New York abortion bill and like what what all that entails um, and what it actually um, what it actually meant um, and and the implementation of it people read the article um, or, or you know read the headline and then flipped their shit um, and started going off about it before they actually read what it entailed and what it was actually about um, and then you know that it actually pertained to mothers who were um, wanting to have children um so it wasn't as much a um a, an abortion issue um but uh also i think you bring up a good point in that it can't i don't think it can be ruled out that you know um and i don't know if his lawyers tried to to make a case on this or not um but like our healthcare system is so fucked it's totally within reason that this guy would have seen that as his best option um, in order to make the necessary money that he needed um, in order to get the treatment that he needed. Um, we have a whole Emmy Award-winning show based on that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's 
that's America and that's a problem. Um, and uh, hopefully we, we get that sorted out um, someday in the not too distant future. Yep. Hallelujah, man. Hallelujah. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's, that's a situation that kind of uh, put Facebook on, on fire, if you will, uh, with a lot of people reporting on that. Me too. Actually, I was one of the people that shared that. Um, another thing I think people were talking about a lot uh, was John Stewart uh, versus Congress, if you will, uh, kind of going off yeah. on them uh, about the uh, you know 9/11 victims uh, compensation fund, uh, and he had a lot to say. He was extremely disappointed by the fact that like I guess half of Congress just did not show up uh, for the hearing itself. Um, this is something that there has been money obviously put towards for this, but it's still not. It's not sufficing the amount that they need. Uh, they're trying to deem it as more of a state-related thing um, for taxes right. to be put towards this. Uh, but basically, the, the gist of it is this. A lot of the first responders, some of them were five minutes for responding. Uh, I'm talking EMTs. Five I'm seconds. talking five, five seconds. That's right. And people that were just local yeah. enough started just rushing it. Um, that's right. I, I'm sorry. Five seconds. But uh, EMTs, firemen, you know, just police officers, anyone. A lot of them have had, and, and at first it was like, oh, it, it can't be from the smoke uh, that you feel sick. Oh, it can't be from this. And then they actually ended up getting cancer, and it was proven that a majority of them, it was all related and linked up to what they dealt with once they went to these buildings right. and the smoke that they inhaled, um, mm-hmm. and just terrible situation. And um, you know, John Stewart was very passionate. Um, he, I, th- I think that one of, one of the quotes that I have right here, uh, no amount of money is going to end the suffering and the grieving that these men and women have to endure, but they can stop making it worse. They can stop adding uncertainty and stress and financial hardship to the lives of these folks. Um, and I, I, I don't think any – a lot of people, I think in a situation like this where – Maybe a celebrity tries to talk uh, to Congress. They might have somewhat of a performance, but you can see right through them, if you understand what I'm saying. I don't believe that with Jon Stewart. He is an avid New Yorker. He is someone – a lot of the guys nowadays, I think, are comedians talking about politics. When Jon Stewart was doing The Daily Show, and the fact that he was so well-respected that – he would go on any platform and be able to challenge any type of political mind. He was much more right. of a political-minded comedian, uh, kind of very right. much similar to George Carlin, just more politically yeah. active uh, as, as far as yeah. that. Yes, yes, I would say, especially, unfortunately, knowing how bad our fucking current system is. And he wasn't going off on – he was going off on Congress. He wasn't going off on the left or the right. Now – Obviously, I'm sure a lot of the Republicans uh, are the ones that are kind of poo-pooing this. There are ma- majority of them are the ones that are trying to push this as more of a state thing. Nick, you know about this information. I'm sure you watched the video. This is this this shouldn't be a state thing. When this goes back to, even if they're New York firefighters, they uh, an American attack from a terrorist organization. That's not a New York thing. That's, that's yeah. a U.S. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did watch the video, and it gave me chills watching it. It, you know, put tears in my eyes, and um, you could tell he was he was coming um, 
coming from a place of, of um, desperation and passion and empathy for these people um, that he has come to know because of his connection to them um, and, and him trying to fight on behalf of them um, for so long. And, you know, he mentioned in there that seven, um, seven first responders died like in the, in the couple weeks leading up to, to that um, congressional um, hearing. Um, and that's just crazy. Like seven, fucking seven of them died in like a week. Um, I mean, that's got to leave some kind of fucking like just, just pain on your soul. Um, I feel that not even knowing these people, much less, you know, John Stewart, you know, having known at least some of these people. Um, and I think, you know, you said, you mentioned that this is kind of, they've tried to make this kind of into a state issue, state's issue. Um, and he, he, I think the line that stood out to me the most was Al-Qaeda didn't come flying in yelling death to Tribeca. That wasn't their fucking line. This was a, an attack on yep. America, um, and that like just fucking hit me. That's that's like of the ilk of like you know we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Type of like fuck, dude. Like just hits you, you know. Um, and you know it's 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 true. Like it's I mean that's undeniable. Like they weren't targeting New York. They were targeting. America and New York just happens to be the biggest city in America, um, and to for for any any anything, if there was ever an issue that you would think would bring everybody together, um, you would think it would be this one. And you know he he goes on to make a you know some some veiled points. I saw a follow up interview with him about this as well. Um, he went on to uh, Fox. Um, Sunday, um, I forget the the host name, um, but he went on there, um, and you know, so so I mean, he had some kind of veiled um, criticisms of uh, Mitch McConnell, um, but like, you know, he basically says like like for for Mitch McConnell's like like bottom line to be, you know, well, you know, we'll handle this. Um, as compassionately as we always ha- have, um, and you know, basically, John Stewart says, "Look, you've never handled this compassionately. Like you've used this bill um, each of the couple times it was passed. Um, you constantly use it. You don't want it to be a long-term thing. You don't want it to um, to be like an indefinite thing that these people can rely on without having to come back and grovel each fucking five years." You want to use – you want it to be that way. You want to have it every five years so you can sneak in little things because who's going to veto the fucking bill like for that, – that's supporting you know, our first responders from 9-11? No matter what you sneak in there, nobody's going to. But twice, Mitch McConnell has snuck in shit that he wanted to get you know, in there. One was like had to do something with um, imports for petroleum. I, I Blanking on what the other one was back in 2010, um, but he's done this twice now, um, and so he's not acting in good faith. Um, and you know what? Like I, um, I obviously uh, you know lean towards the left, um, so I, I you know I very much 
um, has my problems with Mitch McConnell. But it is interesting to me that, um, you know, for, for something like this that seems like it should be so down the line where everybody's in support of it, um, it's interesting to me that the only people who don't support it are Republicans. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And I'm not talking about Republicans in general. I'm just talking about the Republicans in the Senate or the Congress who don't support this. Like, that is so fucked up. And you know what? Like, um, from time to time, Trump will come out and just say, like, um, will actually, like, speak uh, or advocate for something that I actually, like, agree with. And I'm like, shit, nice. Good on you, Trump. This is one thing he should come out and fucking advocate for because um, it is a no-lose situation, um, and he's from New York. He is from the where these people were affected. Um, it seems like an issue that is just like totally cut from the cloth for him to come out and be like, look, let's get this fucking shit done. We're not sneaking anything in there. We're not – like we're going to take care of the people, the first responders. Um, to this tragedy, and we're going to see to it that you know they are taken care of, um, you know, for the rest of their lives. Um, and I I think that would be uh, a something that you know Trump could do um, to to that honestly I would think he would care about one, um, but two like you're you're there's no lo- there's no lose in that situation. Um, and you know what? For somebody like you know, we talk about all the time how the um, or not we, not you and me, but they, as in the the media, talks about all the time about how um, you know, Republicans are afraid to challenge Trump and everything. Well, like use that to your fucking advantage. Like fucking like go out and say something that ninety nine point nine percent of Americans would be in favor for. And, like, fucking make your party fall in line and fucking get shit done for these people because they fucking deserve it. Very well said, my friend. Very well said. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree with you. And uh, just – I understand Mitch McConnell is going to try to, like, act like, you know, I don't know why he's so meant out of shape. You know, we, we work on this every year. Well, the thing is, I mean, obviously from what you're doing, it's still not doing anything uh, beneficial. And right. I think when it comes down to it, you know, John even said on that same video that you were talking about, there's lots of Republicans that back this bill completely uh, and and want – and, you know, he has them on his side. It's it's, it's the fact that that a lot of the – let's just say it, the older ones that are in their fucking ways, and obviously he wants like some type of – you know, you do me a favor, I do your favor. I scratch your back, you scratch your back. When it comes to fucking, right. this this should be fucking way different. And this is what pisses me off. These people put their life on the line in a time period. I was fucking what fifteen when this happened. I'm yeah. in th- I'm thirty three. You know what I'm saying? Like that's fucking ridiculous. It's the fact that like not only has there been not that much money to help benefit them throughout this duration and something that a lot of people myself included had no idea of nick you know i just assumed that they were getting helped out but to be denied and tried you know further in time like oh 
it's 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 not from all the smoke. It's not from that. You know, you, you're it, it's you're not sick from that. Blah 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 blah. And then it to finally be cancer and confirmed and all this evidence and then still trying to get pushback on this. It's fucking disgusting. Right. And I understand there is an economic part of this that John Stewart was you know talking about. Obviously, this me this is going to be an expense, um, something that you know. We're going to have to pay for, or if it is a state thing, there would have to be some type of state taxes to pay for. And you know, any this American last. worth their bread and butter would sign the fuck up right now to pay exactly. for Exactly. No, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, I think he was, he was approaching it at, at like $10 billion. He wants us to be able to go as long as the last person would be able to be fine from it, suffice from it. So it's the last until I believe 2090 right. is what they said. Um, it would and be open-ended it's, it's gonna, until 2090, or it would be 2090, or when the last person who you know would suffer from it would die, exactly. or the last person and, who was involved with it rather would die. And 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 that makes sense. He goes, obviously, yeah. At first, it, there is going to be money, but it's going to go less and less over time. This is right. just to make sure all of them are covered. I don't see the thing is. And I think we've talked about this. The, the state income tax, like if, if New York – obviously we want this for everyone to fucking pay for this because it shouldn't be just a state thing. But me as a person from Georgia, the state income tax I think is a fucking joke. Uh, I always talk to you like what the fuck's the point of us trying to believe that they're going to fix roads when they don't get fixed, when there could be companies that do that and make a – you know. Uh, make make an impact on the local economy doing it themselves. Yeah, have you seen Linux? There. I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in a fucking nice part of town or a bad part of town. You could be in Swanee nope. or fucking Decatur. It doesn't matter. The, the the roads look like shit. Either way, we pay for a bunch of money statewide and 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 the whole U.S. You know, uh, coming from our our pay for different things. If one of them is going to be for this specifically, count me fucking in because I don't know how many of the ones I don't know where it's going. I just know that it's getting taken away from my fucking money personally. So. Right. Yeah, when it comes to 9-11 victims, as far as the people that were first responders and just people that helped out as much as they could, put their lives on the line, died at the time and then afterwards to make sure their families are okay, I think this is really important. And it revs me up, and it revs you up. It just seems like it's so disgusting. There was one point in time, right after 9-11, where all of us were really together on this whole entire thing. It didn't last long, but it lasted a while, and when it comes down to it, you know, it's it's very much what he said. You wouldn't fucking do this to people in Pearl Harbor and say this is a Hawaii thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that right. doesn't make any sense. So we need to respect that and not fucking, you know, not allow our, our – I, I just think there's so many fucking just the sleazeballs, you know, on the left and off the right, the older crew especially, a lot of them on the right, and fucking and, – and, and, you know uh, – not the White House. I'm trying to think of, of in D.C. today, uh, and just in, yeah. in the government in Congress, general. That's fucking Senate, Congress, yeah. Senate, and he'll have to go and fight it with Senate as well. I really applaud John Stewart. I think he's a brilliant mind, and I really appreciate you know stuff that he's doing still outside of just being an entertainer. Right. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree, um, and you know I think that. Um, Hopefully the the recognition that he can bring to this issue because like you said like we before before we saw this we didn't know this was a thing because there's always things that go on in Congress um, and the Senate and it's just hard to keep up with it all 
Like, none of us is sitting around watching C-SPAN every day. Um, so, like, for it, it, it would take something, um, you know, to have some kind of celebrity's um, name attached to it, and even that's not enough. You have to really – it has to be something they really care about, um, and, and you could clearly see that. Um, and I hope this kind of um, spurs a little bit of action. And like I said – I really do. I really think this would be a huge win if, um, for for um, the White House if Trump came out and said. And I hate to talk about it in that kind of context, um, but you know, like it. I just I do. I, I and I, I, in the way that I mean it is like this is something that everybody is behind. Um, like it, it, and it's rare that you get something like that. Um, so you know, if you're Trump, it's a no no lose situation. You come out and you force the Republican Party um, to to you know do it. And like, dude, if you could get John Stewart saying thank you, President Trump, like for for coming out and supporting us on this, like that's huge. Like, yeah, it's not gonna like it's not gonna win you any like like left states or or, uh, or you know liberal states or anything like that. But that's the kind of thing that that shows good faith, that shows that you're you're maybe, you know, um, not the asshole that so many people think you are, um, and it's just it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so like you win on that yep. account too, um, and I think he really could. I, I I don't necessarily think he will, but you know he surprised me before. Um, you know he he. Um, came out in favor of the right to try um, thing, um, you know, for, for people who were dying to, to kind of use experimental treatments. Um, I guess that wouldn't cover marijuana, <laughs> but uh, but like alternative medical treatments and stuff like that, like um, that, you know, for so long, you know, we were like, well, that if the FDA doesn't approve it, you can't do it. And it's like, dude, these people are fucking dying. Like, let them let them fucking. Let them try something, anything, like because what they're trying, what they're, what you're allowing them to do is not working. Um, I was a big uh, proponent of that, and I, um, I was um, uh, surprised, but also thankful that that Trump came out and supported it, and you know that that was um, that was you know one one of the um, one of the few things that he has uh, you know um, backed that you know I think. Um, most Americans would get behind, um, and this could be another one. Um, and I, I, I hope he does. I hope he does it. Um, I, again, it's a, it's a, it's an all-around win um, if he does it. Um, and uh, it's just again the right thing to do. I believe what we can do is get this thing together and get rid of all the bills. And my small head. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'd still do a better impression you, you, of Alec Baldwin, you, so suck it. Yeah, um, you started on Trump and started trending towards Bobby Kennedy. It was like it was, it was like a little roller coaster there. <laughs> oh God! All right, well, whatever. All I'm saying is, I would rather, <laughs> you know, instead of us spending lots of taxes rebuilding embassies in our enemies' areas that get bombed from them, or uh, fucking making a wall, uh, I wouldn't mind helping out 9/11. Yeah, or uh, you know, or starting a war with I don't know Iran. Like, yeah. Like, why don't, like why don't that, we take you know. care of the people? Yeah. Why don't we take care of the people? Uh, you know, that that were most affected by you know the the the, 
the first Middle East war that kind of started all this shit. Like, let's take care of those people first before we worry about that shit. I agree, man. I agree. Oh, Lord. So here's something that, you know, we didn't have a show, obviously, uh, last week, so there was some stuff that happened. Yeah. A, um, a, a Boston hero, uh, you know, right underneath uh, Mr. Tom Brady, uh, Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Holy shit, man. Uh, you know, Big Poppy uh, got shot in his home uh, country of the Dominican Republic. Uh, apparently... I don't know if you've heard some of the details. It was for the bounty itself was for less than eight thousand uh, dollars. There was six suspects uh, involved in it. Uh, there was first original rumors, Nick, that it was based on uh, I guess um, David hitting on uh, a drug lord's wife, and then that was taken away, and it was more that they didn't mean to go after David Ortiz, and it was someone else. A lot of crazy fucking information. All I know is that, and now apparently in the last three weeks they found seven uh, American bodies uh, in the ocean uh, around the DR. Jesus, you know I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know about this information. I, I work with a couple of um, my friends who are from the Dominican Republic, and they're telling me this. They were like, "Yeah, did you know that David Ortiz got shot?" They got the information out before I even knew about it. Uh, and, and I started seeing, you know, you know, American news outlets um, talking about it. So he got shot. Yeah. It went out his back through his stomach, I believe. Uh, the yeah. Boston, uh, the Red Sox got a uh, a jet or a helicopter to get him and transport him towards uh, Boston Hospital uh, to get him fixed up. It looks like he's going to be okay, but crazy fucking situation. Uh, and it looks like there's some. Um, there's some stuff going down in the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Dude, that shit's fucking crazy. Like, first of all, I don't think we even got the whole story yet as far as what happened. Um, uh, my guess, I, I would think that maybe that makes sense. Like, David Ortiz, like, hitting on somebody. I think it was more – it's probably more like, you know, kind of – what would it be like the um like did you, did you ever watch um uh shit what's it called um the H the wire do you ever see that yes okay so like you know um there's a particular character on there and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it but there's a particular character on there who's a big deal and he gets killed by like a really young kid um you know who's just looking for rep uh, you know, I'm the dude who killed so and so. Um, it, it kind of feels like maybe something like that. Like, you know, I, I, who knows though? Like, I mean, it's it's fucking nuts. Um, I, you know, from what I was reading, like, like the bullet, like it went through and through. Um, but like it fucked him up. Like they had to do a ton of surgery. Um, like with with a bunch of different organs. Now they, I don't think it. Like, it luckily it didn't hit like some. Some serious like vital organs, so um, it wasn't a um, situation where um, you know without medical treatment in you know uh, x amount of you know minutes or whatever that he would die. Um, so it, it doesn't appear to have been that serious, but you know it was absolutely serious enough that like they had to do major surgery, um, you know, to, to repair some of the damage done. They had to remove his gallbladder. Um, yeah, 
Right, and part yeah, of the like, I mean, there was, yeah, and, and dude, yeah, like, there's fucking there's a ton of shit in there. Um, but yeah, it's, dude, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, I, 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 I've heard too of like, so, so like various stories of like people getting, um, drugged down there or something and then having to go to hospitals and like the hospitals throwing kickbacks to the, the, you know, these like, hotels that like um that you know do the drugging or whatever like i don't know it seems like seems like a lot of shady shit happening down there you would think the one safe person there would be um uh big poppy uh you know for what he means um but my one saving grace from what i read about this story was that the guy who actually shot him got his fucking ass beat like yeah. all the people who were there just whooped the shit out of him um like beat him within an inch of his life uh and good like fucking good because like dude come on you don't shoot big poppy are you fucking kidding me if you shoot big poppy Especially you better know that you gotta fucking get away i mean this is like this is like wayne gretzky or bret hart getting shot in canada you know what i'm saying like those mm-hmm. are fucking heroes over there like right that's that's just crazy because that's how they know him is that he's a big hero to to a lot of uh, a lot of Dominicans because uh, I know that I mean it might perceive people differently but you know Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic they're more oriented with baseball uh, if you go to Mexico and a lot of other ones they're more oriented with with soccer but baseball is their thing if you I'm not even a big baseball fan and I can just tell you as being a Red Sox fan how many amazing rest or how many amazing uh, baseball players came out of both those countries. Uh, so he's a big deal to those people, and for something like this to happen to him at, I'm assuming, a bar that he's probably gone to a bunch of times, uh, it's it's pretty uh, pretty fucking frightening. And uh, just just like I said, like I keep on I keep on seeing news articles about more bodies being found throughout the DR, and uh, just unfortunately, and this is happening in in different resorts in Mexico. It's like you know, just be careful, uh, especially of what you're drinking. All that type of stuff, and uh, I'm just glad that uh, David Ortiz, uh, you know, is safe in his new uh, hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, or his second hometown, <laughs> I should say. I'm sure that they yeah, were very happy like, to have probably him. Probably don't home. go. Yeah, probably as much as you love it, probably don't go back to the Dominican for a while. Would be my suggestion, just, like, because you know you ain't getting shot in Boston, like. You know, it, it's one thing for someone to shoot you in the D- Dominican, like, and to get beat with an inch of their life. Someone shoots you in Boston, they're dead. <laughs> like, no fucking getting – there ain't no inch of your life, bro. Like, you're fucking dead. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Like, probably, just, probably just hang out in Boston for a little bit. So I, I, I searched it. This is from four hours ago from ABC. A man from New Jersey is the eighth tourist to die while on vacation in the DR. Damn. Uh, so now it's up to eight people. Um, and if there's anyone out there that could disprove any of that type of stuff, just let me know. I'm not trying to make insults. I think I have some pretty good news sources. And, uh, yeah, this is actually also a concern to people from the Dominican Republic that live here because I work with quite a few of them. So just a, a crazy situation. Um, but like I said, I'm glad that uh, Ortiz, uh, Big Poppy, is okay, and we'll just have to wait. Uh, here's a sports-related thing. Um so, uh, question for you, kind of like a follow-up 
uh, before we yeah. probably talk about some more movie-related stuff. Uh, how happy sure. was Mr. Degrassi himself, Drake, about his Raptors winning? Oh, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, it was great for them. It was terrible for the Warriors. Um, not only did Kevin Were you going Grant, for the Warriors? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't been pro Warriors since they acquired Kevin Durant. Um, I, I never root for the the juggernaut. I always root for the underdog. Um, it's just that's 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 wired in my DNA. Um, but like uh, you know, after Game Five, um, KD uh, blows out his fucking Achilles and is going to be out for a year, and this just completely fucks up. Like everything, as far as um, you know, what he's trying to do, free agency. I read somewhere that he stands to lose nine figures, um, essentially, from not being able to go to New York um, and play next year. Um, not on the money he would get um, for his basketball contract, but on the endorsement and all the endorsement deals and everything else that it would mean to be the best player in the world playing in um, best or second best, whatever you want to call it. He would have been, had he stayed healthy, he would have been considered the best player in the world, playing in the biggest city in America. Um, motherfucker lost nine figures off that Achilles. Um, and then to wow. move on to game six, uh, Clay Thompson, uh, you know, fucking tore his ACL. Um, so he's going to be out the majority of next season as well. The Warriors are looking um, – very, very uh, suspect next season. I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. They just don't. They don't have the the necessary moves in order to make this team that much better. Um, Bob Myers is going to have to get. Uh, who, who is their GM? Is going to have to get real fucking uh, tricky in order to um, kind of uh, keep them in the running for a playoff spot out in the West that is very competitive. Um, but as far as the Raptors, they're on cloud nine. They're super happy. Drake's super happy. Um, I, I think it's funny that Drake went around, like, acting like he was, like, a member of the team. <laughs> like, like, being like, yeah, we want it, man. Um, it, it was pretty funny, especially <laughs> because of how, how much of a, um, you know, just a, a, a bandwagon guy he is. But, um, you know. I will give him a little, uh, a little bit of a pass because you know my my team's the Hawks, but I I do have my secondary teams. I love the Sixers, um, you know. I there's uh, I love the Thunder. Um, so like there's some there's some other teams that I root for. So I can't. And it could have been Shaq Kroger rooting for the uh, Toronto team, you know. There you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, congratulations to Toronto. I'm sure they're very happy. Um, and we'll see, uh, if Kawhi, um, Leonard ends up hanging around or, uh, he, he goes somewhere else. Cause that could change the fabric of a lot of things as well. Crazy busy off season. Um, we're going to have it all covered on full court press. Uh, we'll have a show tomorrow breaking down the latest news. Um, Juwan and I broke down the Anthony Davis trade, um, that just happened. That is huge. Um, we'll probably, I, I, I would imagine um, we'll probably discuss that even a little bit more, um, you know, uh, this this uh, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow. Do you think LeVar um, Ball as well had as, a stroke from that? 
<laughs> uh, he definitely had a meltdown. I don't know about a stroke, but he uh, he was not happy about it. Um, but hey, like you know, maybe maybe just pump the brakes a little bit, Lavar, because uh, I would say that uh, he maybe Lonzo won't be in New Orleans as long as you think he might be. Um, I, I I think there's a high pr- possibility, if not probability, that he could be moved. Um, you know, before the start of next season, um, as and that goes for any of these players, because um, they made this deal for all of the draft capital that they got uh, from the Lakers and the assets that these players are. I don't think they necessarily made this deal thinking these players are going to fit great around Zion Williamson, um, who they will choose number one in the upcoming draft. Um, so. I don't know. Like we'll see how it all plays out. There's a, I think there's a, a bevy of moves still left to be made from David Griffin and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, but they are in a great, great situation. I would have, I might have said before this trade happened that the young team that is in the best situation going forward is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, now it is absolutely bar none, undoubtedly the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, hell yeah. I'm glad for the update. Um, I sent you that picture that I, even I got uh, with the LeBron missed the playoffs for one year and the whole the <laughs> whole other country uh, wins. the. <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, it, it remember, guys, funny. Full Court Press uh, with Nick on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They break all this type of stuff down if you are into basketball. But um, let's go over a couple of movie-related things, uh, Nick, before we uh, sail out. Onto the sunset. Uh, this one, well, this one, you, I, I, I'll say it. You know, uh, you were right. You were right about it. Uh, Dark Phoenix uh, is not doing good at the box office. Uh, I, the, the nicest thing I've heard about Dark Phoenix, Nick, is that it's better than um, Apocalypse. And Apocalypse. I don't even think yeah. everyone, uh, everyone's saying that. So um, I doubt I, it I made, don't think I'll think of I don't think I will think it's better than Apocalypse because I actually love the third act of Apocalypse. Like it's fucking gold. See, I like the second act. Wherever, whatever act is the part where uh, Magneto goes crazy and shoots all those people for his family dying. That was my favorite part. That'd be the first. Went act. to kind of hell. Okay. Well, the first act is what I liked out of that. But either way, so let's okay. look at the uh, box office. We got a uh, little bit less than thirty-three thousand for the first week. Uh, it made not even 10000 this last weekend. Uh, for domestic total, it's 52000 and worldwide, after two weeks, 204 That's not too terrible. It definitely had a huge drop. Uh, it's got to go against Toy Story next weekend. Um, you know, there's still a lot of movies. It hasn't been a great movie uh, summer blockbuster year. Uh, you know, a lot of these movies, Nick, have been underperforming. Whether you look at Godzilla, whether you look at uh, Men in Black this last weekend, which yeah. is terrible. Uh, you know, I think that the big money makers, all coincidentally, will probably be Disney stuff. Aladdin did really well and is still doing pretty decent. Endgame obviously made a lot of money. Unfortunately, it looks like it's still got to make $40 more million more to be able to beat Avatar. I don't think that's going to happen, but still, Avengers yeah, Game was a juggernaut. Okay. No, and then Toy Story 4 will probably make a shit ton of money. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like 
they went back and they redid the ending, which sounds very Fox reactionary for whatever reason, because it was too similar to either some of the story beats in Endgame or Captain Marvel. There's been mixed reports. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know which one it looked like more. But um, mm. just kind of sucks. Incredible cast. And now we also know from Kevin Feige that he wants to take his time introducing the X-Men into the MCU. He does, he's not mm-hmm. looking to involve them very soon. I would assume he might actually introduce the Fantastic Four uh, and some of those villains before he starts introducing characters like Wolverine. Um, yeah. What do you think and about I think all this? We, well, yeah, I think we were always on board with that, with Fantastic Four being the, the, the project that you would want to attack first. Um, namely because um, it's never been done right. So if you do a Fantastic Four movie right um, and you get the hype up for that, then like, oh, dude, you are fucking set. You are golden. Um, Not that they're not already, but like that seems to be the the trajectory that I would aim for. Um, And, you know, they're the first family. Um, And um, let's face it, um, that, that as far as like a um, Tony Stark replacement, I don't think any of the X-Men really give you that, whereas Reed Richards could actually give you that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would expect them to do that. As far as Dark Phoenix, yeah, I, I just saw it coming. I, I, I just didn't feel energized about that movie at all. Um, I, I Namely because they were trying to redo a saga um, that they rushed the first time, and and from my perception, it seemed like they were rushing this time, Um, and it's just – it's not a saga you can rush. Like she has to like – you have to really – excuse me. You have to really set up the Phoenix Force and what it is and what it means and – how she deals with it before you go full Dark Phoenix. Never go full, full Dark Phoenix in the first saga. Um, and like they, they, uh, the biggest thing to me that was a cause of concern was Simon Kinsberg saying, well, I think the mistake we made in The Last Stand was we made it a subplot um, when, it, when it should have been the main focus. And I was like, no, that that's not the biggest mistake you made. It was a mistake you made. The biggest mistake you made was not building towards it because it is something that you would have to take a whole trilogy of movies to like really like adapt and build towards. Um, like there's so much that happens um, in between the Phoenix um, uh, Force. Um, uh, you know, a, a coming um, coming to be a part of Gene, um, and then dark the Dark Phoenix saga. There was so much that happens in between there, um, and uh, a lot of it is involved with her in the Hellfire Club or a, a former member of the Hellfire Club. Um, I can't remember his name, um, but uh, but there's a whole saga um, there um, that you know is. Obviously, easier to get away with in comic books. It'd be a lot harder to adapt um, into a movie, 
Um, it would actually be easier to adapt into a television show um, because you can do these multiple storylines a la Game of Thrones where you know one character is off doing something and there's some sort of other narrative that is driving your story. It's a lot harder to, to pull off in a movie, um, but maybe that's just the case. Maybe um, the, the Phoenix saga is, is going to just be very difficult to pull off in movie form. Um, but, you know, they wanted to go gung-ho on it. They wanted to adapt it again and, and, and try to rewrite the ship, so to speak. Um, and I just never had confidence that they were going to be able to, to achieve it. Um, and from all accounts, I've yet to see the movie, but from all accounts, um, it would appear that they were not able to achieve it. Um, and it, it just doesn't surprise me. Um, so going forward, I think, like I said, Kevin Feige's probably right to let the X-Men breathe a little bit, and then we'll revisit them in two, three, four years um, and um, get back to um, what the X-Men are, are really about, um, which, you know, wasn't that long ago. Um, X-Men First Class, I think, was a great movie. Days of Future Past was a great movie. Um, Logan was obviously a great movie. Um, but like as far as what the actual X-Men are about, I think you have to really um, – Days of Future Past was a great movie. I still feel like that was not necessarily indicative of um, representing the X-Men so much as it was just telling a really good story and being able to incorporate Wolverine into that story and make him a huge part of it, which has always been their MO. Um, but they, they pulled it off. They did it great in that particular um, film, um, but I think let it rest a little bit and then get back to that um, first class kind of vibe, um, but be able to like reshuffle the deck, reset all the cards, um, and build this the way that you really should do it. Um, and honestly, my only the only thing that like at this point I've mentioned time and time again the different things I want to see whether it be Storm in a Black Panther movie um, or anything like that. Um, the only thing I really, really want to see at this point is I want to see Wolverine uh, team up somehow with Spider-Man and Spider-Man introduce him as his sidekick because uh, that is just so fucking golden. Um, and I would absolutely totally love to see that and the way they're setting up Spider-Man to be an ongoing uh, member of the Avengers uh, seems like it would fit that bill. Yeah, and I think that I mean it has to, it it kind of sucks if if you want to see this happen, you know, if you don't have patience. And I get that, you know, me even saying that the fact that we won't probably see X Men, you know, introduce probably more so like five years, I would say. I think that this is smart because. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of cool characters introduced that a lot of people don't know um, within the next, you know, several movies, including the Eternals. Um, and we could see sprinkles of characters like Silver Surfer even possibly before they go into the Fantastic Four because it's a new property, a new character to kind of introduce. I think it would be smart for a lot of these characters, whether it be Storm getting introduced in a Black Panther movie 
or Dr. Doom even, for the same reason, getting introduced in the Black Panther movie, um, or Reed Richards within a, a Spider-Man movie. Uh, if Rogue you branch these Captain guys Marvel off, movie. Exactly. If you branch these guys off of the certain characters that they kind of related to, and then you fill in the pieces, um, it's the same thing, sort of, of what they did originally. If, if you make a solo Storm movie that you show her a little bit in Black Panther and then explain her, Wolverine, the same thing, Rogue, and then you make you know, an X-Men film, it's, it's the same building, and they have more characters that are very known to the public now to use and utilize. So I actually think it's brilliant uh, for Kevin Feige to be able to have that arsenal. I mean, he was able to start and do this with characters like Captain America and Iron Man that weren't that well-known to the public, when he didn't have Spider-Man at his fingertips, he had all these legal troubles with Hulk. He didn't have Wolverine at his fingertips. He was still able to make this huge universe. Now Spider-Man's partially – he's in charge of that character, and they're trying to work out stuff between Venom being inter- interacting with that Spider-Man and, and whatnot. And now he's inherited all the Fox characters. It just means to me that the MCU has potential – uh, for their continuity to go on for a very, very long time, and I'm very excited about that. And it also gives time for people to get over the fact that Hugh Jackman and a lot of the other actors that have played all these characters are not going to be playing them within the future. Uh, I think it's going to suck not having uh, Michael Fassbender or Ian McKellen as Magneto, but we'll get over it. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, process. The only thing that I would like, and I've said this to you before, Nick, I think that it would be a good idea to Show them the, the X-Men themselves when they get around to them. They can be in their late 20s, early 30s. But I wouldn't mind either a prequel movie or maybe even a miniseries on uh, Disney+, Plus, kind of with the core original X-Men, your Iceman, your Angel, your Beast, your Cyclops, and your Jean Grey, meeting Professor X, being kids. I've already said the Duffer brothers uh, would be my, my main people to – to uh, you know, um, oversee that, be the showrunners for that because they did such a great thing, a great job, a good fit. and are continuing for Stranger Things. So we can see the the introduction of these characters and the introduction of mutants in general, and that can kind of tie into when they're introduced within the actual universe itself. But I will miss a lot of these incarnations from Fox. I will miss Fox's style compared to the MCU style in movie making, but I still think they'll inherit great things with these characters because the MCU seems to adapt with each movie now, even if they have a predominant like style within them, if that makes sense. This comedy meets drama style that they're really good at. We're not going to see films made very much like Fox, which is sad when it comes to Logan, but not sad when it comes to X-Men 3. So, hey, it's, uh, the changes are coming, but um, I'm looking forward to them. Do you have any closing statements before I uh, think of something else I want to bitch about? <laughs> Um, just that, A, I think the Duffer Brothers would be an excellent fucking pick. Um, I, I, and that is, that's the kind of pick that would seemingly be the Marvel uh, MO as far as them wanting to pick people who um, are um, – do like a, a low-budget thing, and they do it really well, and then they bring them in and, and give them like all the money to be able to, to you know, make a bigger story. Um, so that would be great. Um, I, you know, we've again, we've long been fans of the idea of incorporating some of these non-first teamers 
um, into other uh, Marvel stories. Um, you know, I mean, we mentioned obviously Storm, Black Panther, Rogue, um, in uh, a, a Captain Marvel movie, um, and and just because of those connections, those the connections those characters have had um, to those existing Marvel characters within the comics. Um, so that would make a whole lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I just think it's a smart play to take your time, like you said, to to kind of get people past the fact that you know, um, you know, Hugh Jackman's not going to be Wolverine anymore. To maybe get over um, maybe any sort of um, bad taste in your mouth that you may have felt from the last couple X Men movies, or you know, maybe you really liked the, the the cast that they had set up, at least the core cast. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that the core cast that they set up with McAvoy and Fassbender, um, uh, like both of those uh, were great, especially Fassbender. I think Fassbender was just amazing um, in, in uh, his, his portrayal of Magneto. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately um, I, I, I'm just interested to see how they go forward, like you said, whether they're going to do like a, a more teenage version of these characters. Um, and, and here's the really interesting thing. If you take your time and you do like teenage versions of these characters, um, maybe those take over the role that you know you currently have Spider-Man in where he's the teenage character, um, and then you're introducing Cyclops. Um, and Jean Grey, and you know these other quintessential younger X-Men characters um, into the fold. Once Spider-Man is no longer um, that quote-unquote teenage character, um, three, four, five years down the line, uh, and 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 that's a way to again keep your franchise fresh with young talent that can do a lot going forward. Um, it, it, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and then, uh, again, you incorporate these uh, secondary X-Men, the, the quote-unquote second-team X-Men, um, with uh, Wolverine, uh, maybe get a Wolverine versus Hulk movie, Wolverine, um, Storm, uh, Rogue, Alpha Flight, maybe. Gambit. Alpha Flight would be something they could do, absolutely. I would fucking love that. I just want to see Puck on screen, because I love that motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, do you think they get uh, Dave yeah, DeVito dude. to play Puck, or is he too old? Like, if they got someone He's to like do all old. the fucking stunts. Well, it, it's interesting because because like Puck is really short, but he's not really a dwarf. Um, it, 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 his backstory is, is 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 kind of confusing. Um, but uh, you know, hey, Dave DeVito mean, wanted I, to fight Justin Bieber, so you know he's that's a true. He, he definitely did. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but fight me, nevertheless. coward. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, I, I think um, a long play is is the smart play, and that's what they're doing. And um, you know, so we'll we'll see. Uh, but I, I'm very much in favor of the young X Men team, and then bringing in those other other players. Um, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they how and if they incorporate Deadpool into any of this, um, whether it be a Hulu series um, or f- future movies that maybe don't tie in. Um, directly to the MCU, um, but that'll also be an interesting thing to follow. All right, real quick before we move on to this. So it comes down to it again, Nick. 
As mm. of right now, who do you want to play Wolverine? <sighs> Dude, I don't fucking know. Jawan asked me this too on Sunday. And I just I don't know. I definitely don't want Jason Momoa. Um that much I can say. Um I do yeah, he's love the idea of him playing of him playing Sabretooth. Like I'm totally fucking I did down like that. that. Dude, that 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 um uh was that well, Boss he can't Logic because or was that, he's a DC was that our dude? character. Oh, uh, well that's stupid. Ugh. Um but like Yeah, no that, shit. Yeah, that that um was that Boss Logic or was that um was that our guy? Yep. No, that was Boss Logic. It was Boss Logic. Oh yeah. Okay. Um yeah, dude, he uh he was fucking uh or that that he looked badass as Sabretooth. Um so like I would be totally down for that. Definitely not for Wolverine. Um as far as right now, honestly, I'm still like I'm still on that Ben Foster bandwagon, man. Like when you threw out Ben Foster um, what a year ago now? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, like I was just like, dude, yes, like he could totally. He's got the kind of frame to where he could get really built, really bulk up. Um, he doesn't have a pretty boy face. Um, he is is a, an amazing fucking actor. Um, and I just think he could fit the role so fucking well. Um, I, that that's still my number one. As of now, um, do I like obviously like if I'm putting odds on it? I mean, obviously I, it, I'm going to take the field over them picking him. Um, but if I had to narrow it down to one, that would be my guy because he's short. I mean, he's like five eight, five nine, which it's going to be really hard to find a guy who's five three, um, you know, and and has the right build to really look like Wolverine. But if you can get somebody who's five eight, five nine. Um, who maybe you can shoot scenes to maybe look a little smaller than he actually is. Um, I'm totally here for it. And like, to me, like, I still don't think there's anybody out there who would be like higher on my list. If you're excluding Tom Hardy, um, because of his involvement in Venom, if you're not excluding Tom Hardy because of his involvement in Venom, then Tom Hardy would still be my number one. So Tom Hardy or Ben Foster. I want really good think, fucking actors, um, and those are two really good fucking actors. I, dude, I, I agree with you, and um, I've I've been saying this for a while. I think my, my top two choices for the longest time to play Wolverine, one of them's Venom, and the other one's Punisher. So it's not going to work out right. for one of those guys. Right. Uh, but although maybe Burnthal at this point with with the whole Netflix thing, I think Burnthal's back in play. Yeah, I'm just trying to find someone that – all right, I, I, I think about things a little bit too much. I feel like Jean Grey is going to be late 20s, early 30s at latest. So the age mm. difference got to be – like, because like a long time, just like Josh, John Berthal, I wanted uh, Joel Edgerton, but I think he's 45 yeah. now. And I, I don't think that would work yeah. out. Ben Foster I, I, I think is perfect him. though. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of Shia LaBeouf, but I don't think that would be possible due to him. So <laughs> – uh, right. I'm just yeah, I, I'm be more realistic. There. I actually do. I, I actually he'd be kind of my third choice. Um, but I just feel like he's maybe a little too difficult for Disney and 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 Marvel and Feige to get on board with. Yep, I agree. And I'm still saying, uh, for many reasons, uh, Denzel Washington has Magneto, and I really don't give a shit if you have a problem with that. <laughs> Message me your hate. 
message me. It gets me. It makes me happy. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, um, all right. So here's something that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Speaking about Fox, <laughs> we know I'm going to go into this. Fox is not going to be at Hall H or Comic-Con. You know why? Because Disney owns them. Uh, Disney has D- D23 that's in mid-August. That's their big convention mm-hmm. by themselves. Yes, they will have a presence, I'm sure, but a lot of their announcements for Marvel-related stuff is going to be, or I would assume would be at D23, um, like when they pulled out the other year and had all of it at there. Now, uh, uh, they're yeah. going to be there, but like I said, Sony, a lot of their stuff ties in with Marvel, uh, except for the other Spider-Man stuff, so they'll probably be there. Paramount's got nothing really big this year. Universal doesn't have a lot. Why the fuck did Warner Brothers in D.C. decide this summer is going to be the summer they're going to pull out instead of displaying stuff for their movie universe as far as going forward? It seems like a really fucking stupid move. Um, Nonsensical. Uh, My biggest thing is like, all right, well, if you're like, well, we don't have enough information to give us, so we don't want to give you a bullshit timeline like we usually do. How about you just don't give us a bullshit timeline? How about you have stuff ready? You have the Joker right around the corner. There can be information about that. We want to have more information about the Batman. I don't expect stuff about Man of Steel, but that could be another thing. Just just strategy. Something we asked you last time that you kind of just fucking went right the fuck over, and now the whole entire you know continuity of your actual main DC extended universe is crumbling. You know. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of stuff that you could show us stuff for. Um, I don't even know if they're going to be showing anything for uh, for Kong versus Godzilla, which would seem like another big property from Warner Brothers that they'd want to display at this fucking thing. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Does this make sense to you at all, Nick, or am I going crazy? No, it doesn't. I, I mean, I've tried to ask myself, like, what would be the reason why you wouldn't want to be there? Um, and the biggest thing that I can come up with is maybe there's been a little backlash against Robert Pattinson. Maybe there's been um, – there, there would be like – I don't know. Um, you know, uh, They feel like everyone wants to know what's going to happen with the Batman, and they don't feel like they're going to have enough to show off. Um, but it's like it's, – it's not like you're – this is not the kind of situation where you're deciding not to make an appearance because you're ducking questions or you're ducking conversation. It's like, it, dude, this is like literally you show a bunch of hardcore fans anything and they lose their fucking shit over it. Like they get all excited. It, it, like it, it's a, it's a cakewalk. So I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand their play here. Um, I, 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 like I said, I've tried to think of like what could possibly be the reason, and there's just no reason. There's no reason why you wouldn't at least show what you have, like you said, um, like show a teaser for for you know Kong versus Godzilla, um, show uh you know whatever you have uh in your DCEU catalog, whether it be trailers. Um, whether it be being uh, you know announcements for the Batman um, or any of the other upcoming movies you have, I mean there's you have plenty to show people. I don't understand why you wouldn't. 
the only thing that I can possibly come up with is that um, maybe, and and this is pure speculation on my part, um, but maybe the uh, maybe Comic Con is is getting a little too into their own head, and, and maybe they're you know essentially trying to um, you know start you know sort of um trying to bully these studios to a certain degree i don't i don't even necessarily think that's the right wording um but like trying to say well you know if you want to participate you got to pay us x amount of dollars and maybe that's why disney pulled out and was like dude we don't need this like <laughs> fuck you um and so maybe warner brothers is like looking at the same looking at it the same way and saying if we don't fucking need to pay you like we could just release things on the internet and people are going to lose their mind we don't need to fucking come to your thing um again just speculation i don't have any um research done on this or, or any insider information or anything that so aggregators calm down um but nevertheless um that is that's the only thing that i could possibly come up with as to why like warner brothers would be like no nah, we'll pass it's it. That's all I could. That's that's all I could manifest. Well, at least we have Heroic Hollywood. Um, they did an article on the eighth of this month where Warner Brothers confirmed that they will return to Comic Con 2020 with big DC slate. <sighs> well, at least cool. we have that to look forward to in a fucking year. I just, I'm sorry. I'm. I've I've had to say this on the movie show, and I know that I get people discouraged. Um, being a big DC fan, I've just some of the some of the decision making in Warner Brothers since the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, post that basically, and a lot of people can say uh, prior to Dark Knight with Dark Knight Rises and going on. I actually like Dark Knight Rises. Whatever. If you did, if you didn't, yeah, I'm an advocate. All I'm what I'm trying to say is that seemed like a good time period, and when they were projecting that they were going to try something similar at Marvel and build a universe, and then they really struck out with Green Lantern but couldn't keep the continuity and just try to do something going forward since they had a good cast. you know. And they just, it just seems like they keep on getting in their own way, and I'm sorry. This is another situation where I feel like it's fucking Warner Brothers getting in Warner Brothers' way. It's Comic-Con, I understand what you're saying, Nick, completely, and that might have something to do with it. All I know is this is good exposure. You give the diehard fans something, you give the media something, and then you get trailers that you release to the public shortly after so they can get you know, in on whatever that will happen at the convention itself. Um, panels with, with, with people, explanations, plans that are in order. Everything seems like it's out the window right now with Warner Brothers. We have no idea if any of the movies right now are going to be Connecting themselves, and then we have all that goofy, I think, bullshit rumors that we're going to be starting from scratch, and Matt Reeves' Batman is going to go into a Supergirl movie, and I don't believe that because, to me, Matt Reeves' Batman, he's either going to keep it by itself, or maybe we'll see a tie-in with the other huge franchises, like Suicide Squad, because of Harley Quinn, like Aquaman, like Wonder Woman, none of those are going to fucking change anytime soon, so whoever said that... I'm sure you have your sources, but I don't believe them. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Sorry, I don't see them doing that. Either they're going to connect everything or keep everything isolated. And then if they think about doing it, they'll figure out a way because DC Comics kind of inherits the same fucked up time 
you know, messed up multiple universe concept that the movies now coincidentally have done to themselves. Um, but I just feel like they're like this, this new, this is a minor, but we just got information that the Joker movie is going to be rated R. If you had a panel there with Joaquin Phoenix and you announced that with a new trailer, that would be information that the fans would be really excited about. Um, I I just don't I I think that everyone over there I know Sujihara has had to step down due to what happened with him but I feel like all of them are just hitting each other in the head with fucking frying pans and that's what's going on over at Warner Brothers especially in the DC part. Uh, uh, are you excited about the fact that the Joker is going to be uh, rated at R though, Nick? Um, I I think it makes sense um, given the. Uh, you know, our insight as far as the first trailer um, and as far as, like, the kind of – what they're trying to achieve here. Like, to me, this – you know, granted, Scorsese, I don't think – I don't think he's attached anymore at all. Um, he may be, like, a producer, um, so, like, don't don't quote me on that. Um, no, I believe but his nevertheless, production company is in charge. He's not, okay. though. Um Right, but okay. So, like, with with that in mind, it kind of feels like you know, Mean Streets meets, um, you know, uh, King of Comedy meets um, Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, all of that, uh, all of those like really solid seventies um, movies from Scorsese. It, it kind of seems like it has that feel. Um, so, like, yeah, those those kinds of movies need to be rated R. Um, and if if the movie need, needed to be, I'm glad they're going to make it that. Um, don't pull any punches. We saw with Logan that you can, you know, just make the movie you want to make, and people are going to go see it. Um, there is a broad enough audience. This, these are not just kids' movies anymore, um, so you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm in favor of that. Um, I, I I think that you know. They, they they definitely should do that. As far as you know, them not showing this movie off, um, again, I just don't get it. Maybe you make maybe Walking Phoenix. He's so fucking weird. Like maybe he's like, I'm not I'm not going to that. I don't want to do that. This was not in my contract. I'm not doing it. Um, and and so like maybe that's the reason why um, that you know there wouldn't be you know that kind of panel involved. But like. I feel like I can feel like you could talk him into it. I feel like you could be like, "Hey, man, it's all good. Like, we'll give you a, like two hits of acid, and you just go in and you act all weird like you always do. And you just when people ask <laughs> questions, you just you just don't answer them, and you just talk about random shit. Like, hey, like people will love it. They'll enjoy it. Um, like I don't know. I feel like you could kind of get by with it a little bit. I think you could convince him. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't get it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to showcase this movie, um, being that it comes out later this year. <sighs> no idea. Um, it, maybe it's just their strategy to get people so unenthused that they become enthused by word of mouth. <laughs> um, when the movie comes out, That's they're like, like, "Whoa, this is the bull strategy." <laughs> Ugh, fucking A. But I am looking forward to seeing that Joker movie. I am looking forward to the Matt Reeves 
uh, Batman movies. I'm looking forward to an Aquaman sequel. I'm looking forward to the Wonder Woman. There are a lot of things from DC that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking to. forward just... to Birds of Prey and Suicide, yeah, and suicide, suicide Squad. Squad. I'm looking forward from to James all Squad. of them. Yeah, me too. And I'm also looking forward to yeah, Man of Steel. Oh, damn it. Never mind. Oh, hmm. fucking A. We're, Why we're did not you getting do that. that? <laughs> because we're getting a, we're apparently getting a Supergirl movie instead. And before anyone like yeah, fucking gets mad at me I'm, about about the Supergirl thing, I have no problem with them introducing a Supergirl in this universe. But yeah, you can't like we, tell me we could have both. That you, yes, exactly. It's not going to be anything bad against Supergirl since she's the cousin of Superman. Her whole entire concept is she got here late when she was older technically on the fucking planet that she left because she was coming over here to protect her little baby cousin, and she got off track. She came here. So she's always had involvement with Superman. You can still make her a badass hero outside of that. I just don't understand this this, this ridiculousness. Hey, another one. Ava DuVernay's uh, New Gods. Looking forward to that too. Hopefully all of them don't suck because that's the taste in my mouth that you always fucking give me, Warner Brothers. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, not always. Aquaman was all right. Wonder Woman was all right. Aquaman I was good. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable. Wonder Woman was really good. Up until the third act, and the then ending. it was just good. Yeah, it, but it, I mean that wasn't bad. It was just it was um, tropey. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean both of those were were pretty good. Um, I still feel like you and everybody else uh, involved with Geek Vibes overrates Man of Steel, but I still think it's a good movie. Um, I don't think it's like Love it. I don't think it's like a bad movie. Um, well, I, you know, I'll put it this I feel way. like. Modern DC, I would say it's the best movie they've made. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go. I after would say, I would still post Dark Knight. I, I think it's better. We're... It's better to me. It's better than Wonder Woman because it doesn't have a shitty I ending. Disagree. It's better than Aquaman. Well, you but know, Tomato Smalley, you're wrong. What? See, that's why I would disagree. Like it. Well, what's well, the shitty ending? A... Because he killed Zod. I mean, that was no, no, that no. was a, a that. point. No, that was that was a moment. Like, but like just. Like it was more spectacle, like, like just the the fucking tearing down the whole fucking city and not have and, and Superman not having any regard for human life, um, like that. that hey, it's, it's, a little it's an early tale of him being way younger. You know, I mean, that's I just how it works. If you at least the villain doesn't look like portrait, garbage. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to paint that portrait, that's fine. Um, but like, I'll fucking you know, paint it. And then you get the like the real cheesy lines, you know, the whole "Don't you ever threaten my mother," like, like dude, like I don't know, it's, it's it's not that good. I think again, I think y'all hold it into way higher regard. I think like, I think I think you I think and it's many people hold Wonder Woman worse. way higher than it deserves. It's got a cool scene where she walks on the battle. That that's about it. That's about it. So that so that if that's the case, then what's the best DC movie out of the modern stuff? Oh, to me, Wonder Woman. But like, I don't. It's okay. not like I hold it well, in, in super high regard. I, I just hold, I hold Man of Steel in less high regard than the rest of you guys. Well, it's okay to be wrong. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> let's go on to our last topic, Nick. That I want to talk to you about uh, sure. the Doctor Sleep trailer, uh, the Ooh. sequel, uh, you know, to uh, The Shining, um, based off the book that Stephen King wrote. What I think is really cool about this trailer is not only are they, you know, a lot of people know that the Stanley, Stanley Kubrick um, classic 
took a lot of liberties and changed up stuff. Stephen King wasn't a big fan of that movie. This has been documented right. and told many a times um, mm-hmm. with Stephen King, but he's actually very full support of this one based off of his sequel that he made called Dr. Sleep, uh, telling a story about uh, the older Andy, uh, played by Ewan McGregor in this movie. But the trailer mm-hmm. itself, what I loved is that they tied into the original movie. They didn't go yeah. too much into it, but they still showed you the imagery of the hotel itself and a lot of the stuff and a lot of the scenes that happened within there with Andy going down the hall on the uh, whatever the fuck it's called, the little bike train and, and seeing the tricycle, thank you, and seeing the corpse in that one hotel, the blood coming down the hallway, a lot of the stuff involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the classic part of him at the end of the trailer, which I think is the coolest part, looking through that door that his father Jack Torrance destroyed and said, here's Johnny, got that exact same yeah. shot. I am extremely looking forward to this. Uh, the director kind of – I don't know a lot of his work, but a lot of it's highly regarded, um, but just not as well known. But that could be a good thing uh, as far as horror movies goes. I just hope that he's able to not have a Kubrick style, but this ne- doesn't need to be like a jump scare fucking fest movie. This needs to be a much more dark psychological style horror movie, uh, you know, and I love Ewan McGregor. I think he's one of the best actors uh, right now, so – it's great seeing him in this role as an adult version of Andy. What did you think about this? Dude, I am always skeptical when it comes to the follow-up movie to something that I hold in such high regard. Um, That being said, um, Mike Flanagan, uh, the director of this movie, um, he uh, has kind of built his um, reputation on on various horror movies, um, and they they seem to have very good um, um, critics responses and very mixed audience responses, um, which I like. I'm cool with that. I'm actually like more cool with that um, than I think um, your average horror movie goer would be, um, because. I want, like you said, I don't want any jump scares. I want this to be so atmospheric. Um, and the fact that, um, you know, when when uh, Juwan and I were discussing this, um, you know, he mentioned that um, he had uh, an interview. Mike Flanagan had an interview um, about um, getting the getting Stephen King's permission to do this movie. And one of the big sticking points for him was. He wanted this to connect back to The Shining um, and, and, and to connect back to um, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, and obviously, as you mentioned, um, King was never a big fan of um, Kubrick's version of his uh, novel for a multitude of reasons that we won't delve into, um, but uh, it's, it's well-documented. It's out there. You can look it up. Um, but uh, apparently um, Flanagan was able to, I guess, bridge the gap between what he wanted to incorporate and how he wanted it to connect to Kubrick's vision and hit the world that he set up while still appeasing um, uh, you know, the original source material of The Shining… And I think that is um, 
almost like would seemingly be an impossible task. Um, but the fact that he got Stephen King's approval um, to to go through with it, um, uh, connecting to a uh, version of his story that he doesn't like, I, I think is a huge win. And so I'm less pessimistic about this movie. I'm more optimistic about it. And I think the trailer um, really kind of kind of sets things in motion. I really like the fact that you know he he seems to be like essentially kind of being this this, this um, new teacher uh, to this new pupil, this young girl. Um, and you know he mentions he's only met a few people um, with this gift before, and they they've all died. Um, there seems to be some nefarious uh, kind of shit at play. There's that little quick shot of the the creepy woman um, saying hey to the to the the young girl, um, kind of I think next to a lake or something um, like that. I, I'm, I'm curious how that ties into everything. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm on board with it. I I'm still cautiously optimistic i just don't want to get my hopes too high um simply because i you know i don't uh i don't want to go into this and and just be completely let down so i'm i'm tempering my expectations however um from what i've read up about the director um the fact that you know a lot of moviegoers are, are split on his movies but critics love them um, it very much reminds me of, of Robert Eggers, The Witch, and that would have been the director that I would have picked um, to, to, to retell or, or to explore – further explore this universe. Um, but uh, I think there are a lot of positive signs uh, for it, you know, the, the, them going with a guy like Mike Flanagan, and I, uh, I'm just crossing my fingers, hoping for the best. But you know, when it all comes down to it, I'm I'm gonna go into this movie being like you can't you can't expect that it's going to be on the level of The Shining. Um, you you can't let that be your 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 grading scale. Um, you you have to still judge this movie on its own merit, um, and hopefully it, it it passes on its own merit. And you know, best case scenario. Um, it passes on the shining type of merit, um, but you know you, it, it's always it's always trepidatious when you when you try to judge something on 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 a scale that seems insurmountable. Now that being said, um, Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner twenty forty nine was arguably better than the original. Um, it was everything. It, it, it incorporated the universe that was set up. It did everything that you would want that kind of movie to do. That is my like most optimistic, hopeful goal is that this movie is you know comes out and it's like, dude, that is that is at least on par with the original. I'm expecting it to be arguably better, um, but it, if you look at it and you're saying it is on par with the original, um, or at least not too far behind it, that would be for me my my best case scenario um but you know it's it, it's gonna be tough sledding for this to live up to me being just the probably 
one of the biggest fans of The Shining. Um, just my favorite all-time horror movie. It is so atmospheric, so fucking creepy. I think this trailer is doing a good job of um, essentially uh, giving us bits and pieces that would allude to that um, and, and, and leaving us in, in suspense as to what it's actually about. Um, so on all of those accounts, I am um, at the very least very curious um, to see what they come up with. And again, I, I I can't I can't stress this enough. I just have to continuously remind myself: you have to grade it on a scale of its own movie. You can't grade it on a sliding scale from The Shining. Yeah, which. It's hard for me to pick one of my favorites, but I think The Shining might be my favorite Kubrick film, although I love A Clockwork Orange, but he's made a bunch of fucking yeah. amazing, incredible films. Um, yeah. But yeah, all right, so give Mike Flanagan a little bit of perspective. Uh, out of the five films that he's made beforehand, uh, Gerald's Way, which is the, the newest one, uh, 90% on com. Anyone saying that Rotten Tomatoes is stupid or whatever, just have your views. I guess it's okay. Um, Oculus, 74. Uh, well, Hush. Hey, Dane. Dane, I'm sorry. 92. Um, were these were these Warner Brothers movies or were they Disney movies? Because that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna change my judgment on on how I judge this. On the films themselves. Um, Ouija I'm was. Oh, oh <laughs> I, I don't oh, care. I I'm just for. fucking with it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, but, well, but, but let's be honest. If if they're Warner Brothers movies and they and they get this high rating, then they deserve it. But you know, if they're anything else, they don't. They don't deserve it. That's that's how it works, you know. Because <laughs> still to this day, Nick, uh, people. And look, like I will say, there are a lot. Kind of forget that Warner just, Brothers owns Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, God damn it. Uh, I just that that whole thing. Anyway, we're kind of getting past that. No, no, no. But it's a good thing to keep on going back to. Yes, there are a lot of reviewers yeah. out there that just don't like the movie that they're assigned to, and there's so many reviews, and they just look for the problems in it. But I promise you, learn what a fucking aggregator is. Look up that word aggregator, and then you'll figure mm-hmm. out what the fuck Rotten Tomatoes is. Uh, yeah, but Ouija sure. eighty two and the last one. Yeah. 82 was Ouija, and then Before I Wake was a 62. All of them, the lowest being a 62, which was one of his first films, 2016. They've done well. They're all horror movies. I've heard of Hush. I've heard of Oculus. I've heard of Ouija, Origins of Evil. I haven't seen any of these films, but that's a good track record. Uh, The fact that he's less known, though, you know, Nick, I think is actually a good thing. Um, It can go both ways. But I think that – now, would I rather like a machete doing this or, you know, like you said, your suggestion? Yeah, because I would, I would know that their past kind of shows that they can do something like this. But I'm still excited about this film. I'm excited about It, Chapter 2. Um, I love good adaptations of um, Stephen King films. I like horrible ones too, like The First Children of the Corn. Go back and watch it, guys. It's pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> or a cat. But Malachi. Um, yeah. That's a great one. <laughs> They're redoing Cujo. Super I'm, cheesy. I'm wondering what uh, – I, I wonder if oh, Tina's going to get involved yeah. with being mad about a, a Cujo movie. Uh, <laughs> they probably will. 
Well, so, when they remake uh, it, they'll make it a pit bull, and then, um, like, seriously, so many people will be mad. Oh, yeah. There will be a lot of pissed off people if they were to do that. Why don't they just make a Dalmatian? Yeah. That's more realistic. They bite. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're mean. <laughs> but either way, speaking about mean dogs, I think that's it for the show. Yeah, those things had nothing to do with each other, but fuck it, you know? That's what Monday <laughs> Sucks all about. It's making random situations. It's just, you know, these, these, these segues that I just make, they're just perfect. Uh, but either way, guys, that was yeah. our second episode of Monday Suck. Uh, I want to thank Nick Smith. Uh, sorry for being a dickhead with the Superman comments. Obviously, your opinions are your opinions, mine are <laughs> mine. You guys got to get used to uh, that if you're wondering. Obviously, I don't think his are lesser than mine or anything like that. I'm just thick-headed, and he knows that. But, Nick, uh, say goodbye to all the people. Give them a reminder about the basketball show coming The basketball show coming up and all that other stuff. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you definitely have to get used to uh, Dane um, being a, you know, um, uh, Asshole? A, a character. Um, yeah, or, or just a character. Um, you know, that's, that's I, I, I'm used to it, um, and uh, just take it with a grain of salt, people. Uh, just don't wear your feelings on your shoulder. Uh, but yeah, uh, the basketball show, uh, Full Court Press, we're coming at you tomorrow, 7 o'clock. We're going to be breaking down all the latest news, and the draft is this Thursday. We're going to be breaking that down live, um, so be sure to check in that. Um, from Previous experiences, we usually only get through the lottery um, as far as the live portion of our show, um, but we will have a follow-up show breaking down the entire draft, um, you know, either Friday or, or, or maybe over the weekend, or um, it might even be into next week. We'll have to figure out exactly when we're going to do that. Um, essentially, the reason I say that is because I'm going to need somebody who actually um, cares about the draft. Uh, and, and Jawan is usually free to do the shows on the weekend, um, but he does not give a fuck about the draft. <laughs> so um, other than, you know, are, are his Knicks getting somebody who's good? Um, I, I'm going to need uh, Luke or Joel for, for that show. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what I can, uh, what I can uh, dig up. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got a lot of great stuff coming at you this week. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Um, so we're going to have it all covered for you. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a good time. Nice. And also guys, remember, if you want to check out any of our news articles or any of the links to any of our multiple social media platforms, go to gvnation.com. That's GV as in geek vibe. So gvnation.com, all of our various writers write news articles for topics involved with comic movies, movies themselves, wrestling, a little bit of everything out there for you, and also a link to um, our Instagram, our Twitter account, our Facebook. Join our groups at Geek Vibes Nation on any of those platforms. Message us. Interact with us. Let us know what you think about the shows. It would help things a great deal. You can also get us on iTunes and now Spotify, which I will admit that on this show and Wrestling Geeks Alliance, I've been claiming that we were on for about, I don't know, six months now. So officially, <laughs> we are on Spotify. I messed that up beforehand. Uh, check out Wrestling Geeks <laughs> Alliance this Wednesday. Lots to talk about, lots to break down. Nothing positive when it comes to WWE. Sorry, that's not just how it works nowadays. 
But we have still a lot of stuff to talk about. So join me and brother Christopher Ray Patton uh, Wednesday. Uh, probably going to be having Chris on this, this show coming up soon. Uh, talk to him about, you know, some stuff outside of wrestling because he keeps on wanting to talk about stuff that has to not do with wrestling. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, check this out next Monday. Again, 6 p.m. EST, Monday Suck. Thank you guys so much, and I hope I could just, you know, make your Monday better. All right, peace out, guys. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Shit, no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Oh, yeah! Let the Geek Fives be with you guys. Peace out.